Mate, we covered three states today. Yeah, we did. And the thing that I took out of it is that the the Brisbane Carnival is really starting to heat up. Yeah. That's all, that's all I really care about, let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And in probably the feature race of the day, um, full credit to the sponsors of that race as well. Um, but I think I've found one of the great get-out-of-the-casino bets of all time, and you'll actually be able to see that on my Ned's profile this weekend as well. Yes, uh, the Ned's profile is great, mate. Um you know, if you want to follow us in, if you followed uh, us in last week, you would have found a couple that's for sure. Maybe you find some more this week at some value, but uh, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. But still, you can do everything else with the Neds app. You can get weird and exotic as well with the Neds same race multi. And, you know, there's no one else I'd rather bet with heading into the Brisbane Winter Carnival. Well, they also have a black book feature there, so you can black book ones for these prep runs into their grand finals. They have the futures markets there. You can do all that good stuff mm-hmm. with the good people at Neds. Mm-hmm. Damn right. But what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Old peptide Paul Gallon over here. <laughs> peptide Paul. Peptide Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Another week down, mate, we're entering the twilight of what is the Autumn Carnival. Day two of the championships done and dusted, and thank God, to be honest. It was a bizarre day. It, it really was. I did not do much review of it, to be honest. I've put the last two weeks right out of my memory. Yeah, it was, it, I wouldn't say it was your most successful championship fortnight, uh, nor would I say it was mine or probably most punters, mate. I think I think the bookies won the last two weekends mostly. Well and truly. Mm. Um, of course, the Sydney Cup, that bloody Rubik's Cube of a race was first up. And, you know, having a chat to Macca before the race because we were at the Sheffield Shield on the weekend and it was intermittently between Swepo bowling and us punting. The quaddy comes around, I'm like, look, might have a saver on Chapata here who ran last. <laughs> and Maka goes like, who we did, and we didn't have Chapata in the quaddy. Maka's like, my saviour in the race is going to be Salino, which went on to win, but it wasn't in our quaddy. No. The man is unstoppable at the moment. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable form. Uh, and it's funny because on sports bet at least – I think they gave money back for the quaddies, didn't they? That's right. Oh, that yeah. was a complete not a shit show. So we got it back and one of our punting members of our group just decided to whack very <laughs> elegant. And look, if it went to a team vote, I think we would have done that anyway. But uh, yeah, she lost. So that's the first time in a long time she's played up in a race. Very long time. Very long time. Yeah. It reminded me of... She won the, was it the Wink Stakes first up in the spring? Yeah. Second up, where she was like a $1.90 favorite and she played up over she a did. mile. Might have been the George Ryder or George Main or something. No, it wasn't the George Ryder. But yeah, it was, she she didn't win at the mile until no. this prep. Yeah. 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 Because um, Colding won that race. But anyway. Yeah. Bizarre day. Natoya. Natoya. Oh. 
Look, at least we mentioned it on the podcast, but it was almost jokingly that I was talking about it. You snuck her into your numbers. I did. So, But that- I, I was very, very confident in probably winning that race. Same. And 50 metres from home, she was home and hosed, but T- Natoya must have just seen a big schooner <laughs> yeah. and a half a pizza at the finish yeah. line. Big New York slice at the finish line. <laughs> Pepperoni. Yeah. Extra cheese, extra sauce. She loves it. She just came kicking home like a bloody freight train. Obviously, I had not a single cent on her. Of course. Of course, I didn't. No. <sighs> Yeah, um, <laughs> it was just a, it was just a forget weekend. I think for for a lot of punters all around. Uh, Hungry Heart wins the Oaks. Oh yeah, you oh. setting the scene. So if you follow us on Instagram, which surely you should, punters at Polo Punk Club, but at the pub I put some punting in the wild with our good mate Brad, who was kicking home isotope, and you just see. The anguish on his face when she misses by an absolute nostril. And um, but I think it must have been the race before that or after that. You're like, gee, I want to want to change to hungry heart here. And uh, I'm like, mate, everyone's here. The majority's here. You have witnesses by all means for the group one tally. And uh, yeah, you decide against it. Oh, well, I've got a bit of a – this is more so in NRL and AFL to never change my tips just before the game because I've tipped them for a reason, don't change. Every time I have changed for NRL and AFL tipping, I reckon eight to nine times out of ten it hasn't worked in my favour. So that's what I thought for this race. Um, that, that's the that's – the, and I've said this to you multiple on multiple occasions. When – like a Salino wins a Sydney Cup and my thing, she's ideal, ran fourth, which was a bit of a shame because it had a nice each way price. Would have been nice if she ran third, but she didn't. <laughs> but when Salino wins that, I'm just like, I would never have picked that. So I can't be disappointed. But when it's a group one and you're, you're tossing up between two horses and the other one wins. <sighs> Kicking the nuts. Stuff. I'm filthy. Nuts and guts. Yeah. Same time. Oh. The guts. No. I was furious. The guts. But I recovered um, to go on to win no more money for the rest of the day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was just one of those ones. But um, we do digress. Yeah, the bookies have well and truly been playing with mine. So, um, onwards and upwards, as we always do, let's kick it off with the polos you've got it this week. And I think, surely, a very deserving Navy polo this week. Oh, bloody oath. Uh, has to go to the Bulls. Uh, the Queensland Bulls for their comprehensive victory over the stinky, stinky New South Wales Blues. On your bike. That's yeah. two dual sports, two series in a row, basically. State of origin. See you later. Bragging rights. Bragging rights heading in. Oh, yeah. On our deck, AB Field, they have three quarters of the test bowling lineup and they lost by an innings. Lol. On your bike, Mike. We'll take Marnus. Yeah. Marnie, far out. How good is he? Unbelievable. Uh, He could pretty much have this Navy polo all to himself. But it was a good all-round performance. Uh, The quicks in the first innings were great, uh, and they were comprehensive in the second innings um, as well with um, our mate Sopo picking up a few wickets. Um, So he did well. Um, Yeah, awesome victory. And from what we saw, 
it was pretty much all over social media as well. The uh, the kick-ons and the sheds look, look like good fun. Well, as you will see later on on Instagram, we were there. We were. I can't, I can't believe we snuck in. I know. I was supposed to be at a function of Bloody Nudgy that night. <laughs> Mum was not happy with me that I was in the uh, the sheds with the bulls, but... Um, <laughs> We were yeah. unofficially there with bells on. Yeah. Actually, no, that was Sunday night. Anyways. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> the weekend was a blur, wasn't it? It really was. <laughs> but, um, but a well-deserved Navy. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, congratulations, Sweat. Two-time Sheffield Shield winner. Sounds oh, sounds perfect. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. No, nah, well done, boys. Um, moving on to the white polo. Um, so, Lucas Brown and Paul Gallen oh, had their fight last night. I God. didn't watch it. No, um, I saw the highlights or the lowlights. Yeah. For all our punters listening, if you're into boxing, mixed martial arts, whatever, UFC, like good on you. Uh, just not my cup of tea. Just for me, just no no real interest. But um, I did see before the fight, um, Lucas Brown and Paul Gallen were exchanging a few uh, – Verbal barbs at each other. From Ben Barbers. Yeah, a few Ben Barbers at each other. And I think Lucas Brown, they were talking, they were both talking about each other's uh, history with illicit substances. Obviously, the Cronulla Sharks went through uh, a massive Asada scandal a few years back, I think 2014, 15-ish. Some Panadol cocktails. Yeah, and um, and Lucas Brown's had his old... Uh, Run-ins with the um, the pee tester before as well, so pissing red hot. Oh yeah, just absolutely coming out like melting beakers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> coming out like uh, the uh, nuclear reactor that Homer Simpson <laughs> works in. But um, they were they were giving each other a few nicknames, and Lucas Brown came out with what I think is the best out of all of them. Oh, old peptide Paul Gallen over here, <laughs> peptide Paul, peptide Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me think a bit more about a bit of our banter that we've had for a very long time in rugby league. In rugby league, and giving players nicknames based on what they've done on, what f- on field and off field performances. Exactly. And we had a couple on the weekend, which I was a big fan of. Yes. So Harry Grant obviously uh, listens to the podcast. Um, <laughs> unreal, up and coming player, just tore them to shreds. I told you, mate. He's my favourite player now. Oh yeah, and his service from dummy half is unreal. So Platter. we. <laughs> yeah, so used to be, and the poor fellow's retired now, um, Michael Morgan, but because of his pass in the 2015 grand final, which and, was unbelievable. And passes in past origin. and present origin, he'd always just fend off with either his left or right arm and just th- flick him to the winger. Somehow get play, the, playing outside Somehow him. get the ball out on the chest. Yeah. Don't know how he did it. So we nicknamed him Michael Pill Morgan. Pill Morgan. Pill Morgan. Go on, Pill. Yeah. And now on, Harry Pill. Grant is Pill Jr. Pill Jr. Yeah. Go on, Jr. <laughs> Go on, Harry. Pill. Go, Jr. Uh, from the same game, Cameron Munster. He's a slippery character, isn't he? Oh, so slippery, mate. Just slides out of tackles all the time. And he's worth a fortune. Of course he is. So you came up with oil. Oil. Because oil's slippery and it's worth a lot. Very, very oily man. Yeah, come on, oil. Oil. 
<laughs> we've had we've had a ton over over time. Um, there's a guy who just joined my team, the Dragons, <laughs> <Tavin>. Josh Maguire, <laughs> who we call Josh Tavern Maguire because he just looks like the type to roam around your local tavern, not and, a pub. And reason being is that we went to the Inns Hill Tavern uh, or hotel, whatever it is, one of the biggest pubs in Greater Brisbane area. Mm. Uh, I think at one time when it opened, they were renowned for having the most beers on tap. So, it's that type of operation just, you know. Anyway, went there for Origin one night and who's rolling around at the time? This would have been 2010, 2011, early days then. But none other but Josh McGuire of Brisbane Broncos (laughs) fame with a couple of black rats in glass. (laughs) He's a tavern. He's a tavern roamer, yeah. isn't he? He's yeah. a real. He's a real tavern type. Yeah, I think he might have been a clean skin at that stage too. I don't <laughs> really? think the artwork was done. So yeah. what? He was like twelve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. So yeah, Josh Tavern Maguire was one. We had a load of others. Too many. Yeah. Um, what was Shillington's? Uh, bad read. <laughs> David Shillington. Oh, that's right. Made that some about, bad reads in defence. That was about three games in a row where they just said, oh, that's a bad read by <laughs> Shillington. <laughs> the poor fella. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't make a tackle to save his life. Definitely um, in the twilight of his career. Yeah. Look, I think I reckon we could do an entire podcast on our rugby league nicknames. So, But look, I, I saw Peptide Paul and I immediately thought of um, our nicknames. So that's funny. Paul Garn went on to win that fight, so... Maybe he's back on the peps. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Or Lucas Brown just has a glass chin. So. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. But um, Purple Polo this week has to go to the whole Super League soccer schmuzzle. Okay. So, I saw this from a very top line and I saw some hullabaloo going on over there. Hullabaloo. So, please inform me. Well, look, uh, and I... Full apologies to anyone who listens to the podcast or watches us on YouTube at Polo Punk Club. Um, but I look, I know a little bit about football, not much, nah. but essentially, what's happened is um, the top teams in Europe have tried to form a breakaway competition called the Super League, and this is in addition to each of their respective domestic competitions. So, uh Probably the most well-known one is the Premier League in England. Um, And there were six teams from the Premier League in England who wanted to go form this Super League competition. I'm assuming it was the wealthy sides. The wealthiest sides and the wealthiest sides in greater Europe as well. So Juventus, uh, AC Milan, Inter Milan, so on and so forth. Um, And this was being driven by the owners of these each respective team because they saw it as an opportunity to make a quick buck or make a lot more money than what they would have in another competition which has existed for a long time called the Champions League. And basically what that is, it takes the top finishing teams from each domestic comp and they play a sort of bigger tournament against each other. And the good thing about that is if you're a small club in England but you just so happen to have an absolutely insane season and finish fourth. Leicester FC. Yes. You could go on to the Champions League and play against Inter Milan, Juventus for the opportunity to win a fortune, right? Mm. So all things considered, we could go. We could talk about this for an entire podcast as well. But um, basically the fans came out and were absolutely furious with their clubs because this Super League – you can't get relegated from that and you can't get into the Super League 
unless you're one of these top clubs, right? Yeah, right. So it just completely destroys the integrity of the Champions League. And the whole point of soccer in these countries is that it doesn't matter how big or how small you are, if you perform at the highest level and go, you know, you might perform overs, you've got the opportunity to go into these other Champions League and perform well. Yeah. So it's just the big wigs not being in touch with the fans and just being money hungry. And I don't like that, mate. No. That's like the Super League in, in Rugby League, which happened in Australia in the 90s. It's the same thing. Yeah, right. Just about money, not about the fans. Those corporate fat cats, mate. Yeah. Just about the dollars and cents. Yeah. Oh, like, don't get me wrong. Like, if I was a multi-billionaire, that's probably the way I'd be thinking as well. But it's just not right. They're out of touch and I don't like it. So, that's a purple polo for that entire Super League schmozzle, which was going to happen. And then two days later, because of fans up, fan uproar, was canned. Going to be very hard to referee those games if it's 11 polos versus 11 polos. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, yeah, just a whitewash of, of purple. Yeah. A purple wash. Ooh, mm. Purple haze, brah. Yeah. That was a long polo recipient, but um, you know what? It was good. Mate, we only have two group ones to get through. And the first one on the card, what the day is named after, is the sugarcane champagne stakes. Over 1,600 metres. Group two, set weights. Look, how many runners we got? 14. Did see one stat which was interesting. Since 1999, only two winners have not come through the size produce. Wow. Yeah. So, the size produce has been a very key lead up. And to my... I might have missed them, but the key horses coming out of that race were Captivant and Halal. So, I think they're the obvious starting point. I think they're, they're my Quinella in the race. I think they're the most likely winners. Where did you land? I'm the same, mate. Um, my only concern with the two of them is uh, where do they end up out of the barriers? Do they end up just off pace? Because I don't think either of them would lead. And if you went back through the results from Randwick on the weekend, I think seven out of ten of the winners were either leaders or on pace. And the rail was out three metres. Uh, the rail's out four metres this weekend with the straight being out six metres. So, I don't know if you're one for track bias and rail bias, but I've got a sneaking suspicion that on a good track with the rail out that far in Randwick over the weekend, we're going to see a similar card of leaders or on-pace runners winning often. Doesn't mean it can't happen. Um, There was three who were back markers who won last weekend, but I just think that's something to be wary of because – Neither of these are known to lead. Converge leads. It won last week pretty well over sixteen hundred meters. So that's the danger for mine. But I don't know about I don't know about two year olds in the quick backup. So yeah, Halal and Captivant for mine are probably the two the two to beat in this race. Mm. Team Hawks, um, they can get a horse ready for a grand final. So yeah. I've got Halal on top. He's the market favourite. Um, tongue tie first time would suggest that he uh, might have had some breathing issues last start where Animo just put absolute daylight on the rest of them. Um, mate, if he went here, what price would he be? Oh, he'd be $1.50. Yeah. So, th- yeah, Halal, I think he finished off quite nicely there. 1,600 metres, big tick. Um, Captivant is 
a interesting runner. Gets back on top of the ground for the first time since his debut, where he won by nearly two lengths. So, that is interesting for him. J-Mac in the saddle versus Tommy Berry. They're probably the most informed jockeys in Sydney at the moment. Um, so, I've got Captivant running second. And I snuck in for old Lizzie Jelfs, Queen of Wizardry into, th- into third with Jamie Carr in the saddle. She's always said from the very first run in uh, the slipper that, look, she's she's not primed for this. She likes being on top of the ground as well. Um, and her grand final was Champagne Stakes Day. So, chuck her in your quaddy, chuck her in your whatever you're playing. Queen's Wizardry is not a bad shout in this race either. I do think she'll be a better three-year-old over about 2,000 metres though. Very fair. And Annabelle Neesham, by all accounts, is an absolutely uh, astounding trainer. Um, she'll be one to watch, I think, for the next few years. She's only young too. So um, I've, I'm the same at except Converge running into third. Uh, the query for mine uh, for Halal is the good track. He's only run a good track once, um, and that was in the Pargo Pargo Stakes, but uh, drew the car park there and still had the best last 800-meter race sectionals of the race. So I think you can get over the good track it's just about being in a positive position if you look through his last few races he's drawn the car park every time um mm-hmm. draws well here i think could be ridden more positively yeah i've got halal on top as well beauty all those stakes time far out this is a bloody tough one because mm. 1400 meters wait for age now if you look go purely off their last run you'd have to go mass crusader but I don't know. I found myself not finding him at all. Um, good track is probably it's probably a bit unfair because he won the William Reed on a good three and he absolutely rocketed home. But where does he get from that barrier? I think he's pretty much every run this prep, he's gone back in the last couple. I think he'll do that again here. And if that forward bias or you know leader bias is, as you say, I, don't, I just don't know if he's that good to win, um, but he's not He's not matching a nature strip here. So, that is that is a big tick in his favor. How do you see it? I was thinking about Mask Crusader in the same way, and we could both look like idiots on the weekend, but um, if, if neither of us have him on top, oh, it stinks of afterthought to me. I think I think he was always after the TJ twelve hundred is his distance an extra two hundred meters here. Whilst I think he could still run a really good fourteen hundred meters, there's others here that I think might run it better. Um, oh, it's a shame he drew wide as well uh, because I think he'll have to go back from that barrier. Which I thought in the TJ he'd be ridden forward, but he just wasn't. Well, he drew what barrier six out of nine. I think that's a perfect barrier draw in the TJ and he still went back last. So, I don't think it matters where you draw with him. I think he will always just have that tendency to sit in the last couple and you'll just be holding your breath, hoping he gets the right run and that they can run on. And horses that do that, for a horse like him, now he's won five out of 11, placed in another four times. So, he's, you know... 80 over striking over 80 percent in the top three but you'll be holding your breath each time and percentages say that back markers don't always run into the money no um 
yeah, and, and like I said, if if we are getting the, we'll be we'll, we'll know by this stage how the track's playing out. Uh, he's got Dreamforce outside of him who who will charge forward. He's got Prague inside who we know likes to be on pace. Um, you'd probably say the same for imaging and, and special K. Lol. Uh, Peltzer will go forward. Tagaloa will go forward. Savatiano will try and go forward. So um, I could see him just getting boxed out and and being two or three wide uh, in the back you know, half of the field. So, yeah, look, I, he could prove us wrong. I think he'd have to have a, a lot of luck going his way in this run for him to, to win. So, I don't Tag- have him on top. Tagaloa is one of the strangest acceptances I've seen for a long time. I just – I can't figure out why he's running in this race. Yeah, this looks like a last-ditch effort to me. I think if he wins this race, they might – Retire him? I think they'll retire him regardless. Do you think so? Yeah. Um, and the three-year-olds in this race are treated horrifically at the weight for age scale. 56 oh. and a half kilos for three-year-old Colts. Like, that, that's a lot of weight. I don't want a three-year-old in this race, mate, uh, especially from what we've seen from the three-year-old crop the yeah. last 12 months. Yeah, absolutely. So, if not Mask Crusader, if not the three-year-olds, then who? Well, I was tossing up between – look, I've got Mars Crusader in my numbers, uh, but I was tossing up between Savatiano and Colding as well. Colding gets onto a good track here for the first time in how long? A long time. A long time. Since he won that group one in – no, the group two, sorry, the Hill Stakes. The Hill Stakes, and that was in the spring of last year where he beat home Avilius and Fierce Impact, a couple of handy horses – Star before that was on a good track in the George Main Stakes over a mile, beat Star of the Seas and Imaging. Star of the Seas was flying, that prep. That was that was the race I was thinking of earlier with Very Logan. There you go. Um, and then the Group 2 Tramway Stakes over 1,400 metres, which is Ranwick as well, was on a good four. Only lost to Dreamforce. And I think Dreamforce just blitzed him, led the whole way uh, in that race. So, gets back onto a good track here. Loves racing at Ranwick. It's drawn perfectly. I think forget and forgive his George Ryder run. Um, he was, drew barrier 13 there and just never really got He's not going. a wet tracker. He's not a wet tracker, mate. Gets a good track here. Draws really well. I think he'll be up on pace. Um, and, yeah, I think he's too good for the rest of these based on his form even this prep whilst he hasn't won. It's been on soft tracks and he's been there or thereabouts. He finished behind Sabatiano and the expressway, behind Colette and the Apollo and in front of Very Elegant on a soft seven, that's pretty good form. Um, so, yeah, I think at that price, I think he'll get a really good race out of Colding. Treated pretty well at the weights here. So Yep. Uh, no, Colding's the one I found too. Oh, there you um, go. Being on top of the grounds, he's the horse I want to be with here. Um, he's been had a sneaky, sneaky good prep here, mm. and he's only put in one bad run, put that in the bin, four weeks between runs. He'll be good to go. Um, interested that Brendan Abdullah's in the saddle though. That's a bit of a that's a weird one. So they've given Bossy the um the flick, and I think Bowman usually rides him as well. And he's J Mac rides him a bit too. Bowman's on Savitiano and J Mac's on Dreamforce, which is strange. But anyway, happy with Colding. Um, I did think Prague was the best of the three-year-old chances. So. Um, so, he's on the quick backup here, did finish third behind while ruling Isotope last start. He does get back in the running, so they'll need to be running on. 
But he was fourth in the new market as well and at any old price. So, I think a 20s, definitely include him in your exotics. And I was weighing up between Mask Crusader and I Am Superman for third. Um, Gold Mask Crusader, I think he's just a classy horse, but I Am Superman at $18. He's a good shout in this race on top of the ground, 1,400 metres, McAvoy in the saddle. I did look at him too. I, I think he'll run a pretty good race. So I've got Colling winning. I think Mars Crusader uh, will still charge home to run into second. And Sabatiano, no knock on her at all. Um, she draws really well here as well. So, no knock on her. I think she'll run a good race. But, um, yeah. Yeah, she, she's not one of mine. Um, beauty. Uh, okay. Well, just like that, we're on to the Juicy Stakes where we're raising money for uh, Isaac Davis's sister, Kirby. Um, who's bat- having a bit of battle with cancer at the moment. So if you want to donate, guys, hit the uh, – it's the first link in the show notes and um, also in our bio on Instagram and we put it out on Twitter as well. So we'll do a an all-up. Jonesy's best bet, my best bet. We're 0-34 at the moment. <laughs> um Oh. But I think that just means we're close to our next win, our and only it'll juicy. win. It'll be juicy. Yeah, well – Hopefully, we don't conflict in the same race um, mm. like we have previously. But mm. quick recap from last week. So, my value play of the day, oh, six-pack bet, six bets. Oh, um, yeah. So, favorite moon finished second last. Um, sorry, let's go to the value. So, value play, you had Wonderbar. Yep, which ran third. Fiesta ran fifth. So, that's equal Oof. fifth. Five. Six packs each. Your each way, my favorite moon, ran second last. <laughs> what well, easy to beat then. Yeah. <laughs> my each way, she's ideal, ran fourth. So. Oh, it would have been nice if she's not going for third. Anyway. Unbelievably, from a 4-1 lead, you've taken a 6-5 lead in six packs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. There you go. And uh, best of the day, VE, yeah, she ran second. Probably ran second. So, so, yeah. A second, a third, and a fourth for me. Yeah. Um. But we get on to this week, look through the front um, windscreen, you know. Mm. Who's your value player of the day? Well, Colding, I think, in the um, in the all-age stakes. He's 12 bucks, and I was looking at him. I think he'll come in. I really do. I think he'll come in to I've, be about sort of eight or nine. So. I've taken the price. Uh, yeah, he's mine as well. So, um, who's your each way? Uh, actually, right here in, in race five, um, Jamie Carr comes on board for the first time, which is – as good as the gear changes you'll ever see, uh, likes this distance, likes being on a good track. Uh, last run was behind Senior Fox and, and Wisdom of Water, and I think Senior Fox won last week from memory. Uh, I maybe thought before, maybe that was his last I race. Think it was his race. <laughs> oh, yeah, but yeah, look, I think uh, Jamie Carr coming on board is a big tick. Uh, draws really well, uh, and at the each way price of seven dollars fifty. Not a bad, not a bad shout. I think huge. Um, I'm. I've found a girl here who is one of my better bets of the carnival. I think at an each way price, race two, number three, Elizabeth. Um, mm. She drops back in class here, and she has been racing against. I should know better because it's a three year old, and the three year olds have burnt me time and time and time again. For the, over the last two months, uh, 12 months, but she gets back to her own age here. Um, 
She has form around Hungry Heart, Mirror Vale, uh, Forbidden Love. That's the top going fillies um, in Australia. She has 54 kegs, treated really nicely at the weights, gets back on top of the ground. I think they did try her out to 2,000 meters last start and that is just not her go. I think 1,400 meters looks cherry ripe. She'll be very hard to run down. Man, fair enough. Fair enough. I um, I did look, have a look at that race and for me it's a tough betting race because of Kiku. Uh, and um, what's the number one horse in that race? Uh, matchmaker, matchmaker, the one that absolutely destroyed our souls. Yeah, a couple that's weeks right. Ago. So, but no, great shout. Um, my best of the day. If you go to race four, number five, Entente. Ah, yes. So, the favourite in that race, Zaki, did run a really nice race in the Doncaster. But I'm happy to take it on. Uh, Entente's form this prep has been outstanding. Gets to a good track, which it enjoys. Uh, good at the distance, 2,000 metres, uh, five starts for two wins, a second and a third. Uh, Timmy Clark on top. Draws barrier eight, which I don't think is an issue here. We'll go forward on what I think will be a track which will favour the Brave going forward. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a cracking bet. Um, I'm really keen to play on it. It's $4.40, so a bit of juice. Favour the Brave, Braveheart bet. Yeah, there you go. Love it. Um yeah, good case. Mine is in race six, the feature of the day, Halal. That keen on it. Scared stiff of Captivant. <laughs> so am I. But I'm pretty keen on the Hawks stable, grand final day, Tommy Berry. Yeah. Then there's it's a two-horse race, both of them coming out of the size. History stacks up there. So Yeah, no, I'm with you, mate. That's a cracking bit. Beautiful. Uh, anything else to add? No, mate. That's uh, that's everything. I think it's um, nice and short and sharp one. Yeah, uh, still went for half an hour. Uh, oh, jeez, we're good at that. Um, so, I think over the next few weeks, we'll still keep this going. Similar structure. We might tweak it here and there, but I think we might even just do a bit more chit chat at the start. Why not? Sounds good, mate. Yeah, bit of banter. Yeah, a bit of banter. Mm. Yeah. If you don't like it, just. Stop listening. Yeah. <laughs> just fa- just fast forward to our horse racing tips where uh, we don't make any money. So, yeah. so <laughs> heaps, just heaps here for you, punters. Yeah, just stop listening. Um, <laughs> All righty. All the best. Hope you're back a winner because we certainly can't. But uh, we'll see you next week. Good luck, punters.